Hey, um, we want to take a moment. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, and we want to remember people that have chosen to serve our country, to give their life, to be able to take time to say, I'm setting this aside to help other people. If, if you served in any way, would you please just stand up for a moment? We just want to be able to acknowledge that. All right. Yeah. Excellent. 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 Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. High fives going all around the place. So thank, thank you, guys. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's... Uh, I, I had an opportunity when I was in Alaska to deal with a lot of people that were in the military. And so after they were deployed and come back and, and spent time and, and did some counseling. And uh, what I realized is that after the war was over, after the deployment, uh, what went on in the battle of their life kept going. It, it's true for some of you that you've gone through some difficult things in life. Maybe they've been physical things, they've been emotional things, they've been relationship things. And even though that ended and they put a period on it and they say that's over, the battle's not done. Because here's where the battle's at. The battle's in our mind. The battle is in our mind. And so what happens is I see people and I look at it as you come into church and I'm like, wow, look at that. Look how strong they are. You know, look how they're, they're, they're all excited. Nothing is penetrating them. And then on the inside, it's complete and utter insecurity. It's afraid of what's going to happen next. And I look at people as they smile and they say, it's all good. It's all good. It's almost like sometimes we put our, our Facebook face on when we come to church, right? You know, we, we show our best side. This is, this is what's going best in our lives. And the problem is that we then end up going home. And then we have the anxiety and the pain and the frustration and the fear and the things that just overwhelm us. There's a heaviness that happens for some of us. And it's we 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 love the Lord. And why am I going through these feelings? Why am I going through these emotions? I better just keep pretending they don't exist. How many of you know when you pretend that they don't exist, they don't go away? We haven't dealt with them. That's like that Chinese food in the back of your fridge. You haven't dealt with that yet. It's green, it's growing, and you know we shove things in the back and we pretend. It's okay, it's okay. But, but there's an effect to those things. And when I think of this series that we're in, and I really believe that God said, Rich, this is exactly what you need to speak right now. And so as I put together this idea of, of falling forward, how do we fall forward? Because each of us, we're afraid of our balance. Where, where am I going to go? And how am I going to handle this? And how am I going to maneuver things in life? Well, we're looking each week at the text of the Apostle Paul, and he writes it to the church in Philippi. And here's the thing. He went to Rome to live his life, to, to live out the fullness of what he thought. You know, I'm going to share Jesus with these people. Lives are going to be changed. Churches are going to grow. That was his idea. He gets to Rome, and he goes to jail. He, he's chained up to a guard 24-7. Can't even imagine what that would be like. He's always waiting for the hearing. When are they going to have his hearing? What are they going to say? Is he going to die? 
If I think of anyone that, that would have duress or frustration or, or, or fear or just that, that total shutdown, man, I would say Paul, Paul can have that. You know, I mean, with that going on in his life, but, but when he grabbed the pen, this is what he said to his friends in Philippi, and this is what he's saying to us as a church. It's Philippians 4, starting in verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious. Don't be, one translation says, be anxious for nothing. And then he goes on and he says, but instead, pray about everything. Go ahead and underline pray about everything. And then he says, tell God what you need. That's going to be key in what we're looking at today. Go ahead and underline that. And then it says, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So what we're going to look at today, we are going to look at six major things that I think God wants to speak to you right now. Dealing with anxiety, dealing with worry, dealing with frustration. What are those six things? The first one is this, and just go ahead and fill this in your study guide. It says that God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. The Apostle Paul said, pray about everything. God wants to hear from you. Well, let's look at Jesus. Let's look at how Jesus handles situations. And so if you turn in your Bible to Mark, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 32, it says they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he, he became deeply troubled and distressed. Guys, go ahead. Underline deeply troubled and distressed. This is Jesus. Deeply troubled and, dis and, and, and distressed. It's a, it's a feel that feeling of anxiousness, that feeling of despair. And then it goes on and it says, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Guys, underline that. That, that this is Jesus speaking, that his soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. He says, stay here, keep watch with me. He's basically saying, guys, this is beyond sadness is what I'm feeling. This is, this is beyond, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about dying. I'm talking about taking on death. Guys, just watch. Just, 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 just keep your eyes open. And then in verse 35, he says, he went a little farther and he fell to the ground. Guys, visually think of Jesus. He just shares, I'm crushed, I'm broken, I'm in despair. He goes and he falls on his knees. And this is what it says. He prayed that if it was possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. 
Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible with you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. See, Jesus knew from the beginning what he was called to do. He knew that he loved you so much that he would rather die than be without you. He knew that he came to lay his life down to set us free. And he knew it was coming. He knew what he was going to take on. He was fully God and fully man. Sometimes we want to think of Jesus as the hallmark person, that it's like, oh, that's Jesus. Jesus never really felt those things. Jesus never really felt that way. Guys, number two is this, is God understands despair. God understands despair. Scripture says, deeply troubled and distressed, crushed with grief to the point of death. Guys, I've thought that I felt depression before. There's been some some times in my life and periods that I really felt depressed. I really felt like nobody really understands. No one gets my brokenness. Guys, this is beyond me. This is beyond what I've, I've ever seen in my life. Well, okay, so, so he gets it. How about we get it? What is anxiety? What is anxiety? You, you hear about people with anxiety attacks? Have you met someone? Maybe you've had an anxiety attack before. What, what does that look like? It's, it's really intense. It's excessive. It's, it's, it's persistent worry, frustration. You're like, I don't know if I can get across the bridge as I'm driving. I don't know. I, you know, I, I can't get up to class to speak. I can't, you know. And sometimes even those normal things that can be stressful. Guys, sometimes public speaking, for some of you would say, that's very stressful, Rich. Okay, so you take something like public speaking, or for some of you, it's driving in LA. You're just like, man, if I get behind that car on the freeway, that's just stressful. And we take these things that are stressful, and they become excessive. And that's when we start to feel anxiety. Our our heart rate starts to go up, rapid breathing, we feel sweaty. For some people, they feel very, very tired. But I want you to know that anxiety isn't the problem. Anxiety is not the problem that we're dealing with. All anxiety is, it's an indicator. It's an indicator that something's going on. So when you feel anxious, that's not the problem. It's an indicator. It's like with your car. You get in your car and that red light pops on. Okay, it's not the red light. I shouldn't be yelling at the red light. Oh, darn red light. No, okay, the red light is just an indicator. All the red light is doing is saying there is something wrong. Now, if I go and take some black electrical tape and put it over it, have I done anything? No, I've just decided that I'm going to ignore what the feelings are going on. There is something wrong. So anxiety is the indicator for us. So for a car, what do you do? When that red light comes on, let me take it to the person who made it. Let me take it to the factory. Let me take it to someone that knows this car very well. They know everything about it and they'll be able to fix it. That's the same thing with us. When you feel anxiety, when you're covered in that worry and frustration, It's an indicator that we need to go to the one who made us. He's the one who knows us best. That's who we need to go to. 
And as we go to him, that's the only person that can truly deal with our anxiety. It's just a symptom. So I want you to write in for number three, is God uses anxiety as a signal to pray. He uses it as a signal to pray. When we're feeling that way, God uses that to say, hey, you need to let go of that and you need to go to God. You need to allow God to move in this situation. Anxiety is alerting you. It's prayer time. It's time to go talk to God. See, verse six said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. So if it's big enough to worry, it's big enough to pray for. If it's big enough, if it's on your plate and it's starting to feel overwhelming, it's definitely big enough to go to God. For some of you, that doctor's appointment that you're so worried about and that next step and what are they going to say and what are they going to do? If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to go to God about. Those decisions and choices that you're like, oh, well, what happens if this happens and what happens if that happens? And then if I make this decision and then that happens. Okay, at that point, it's very, very clear. That's time to give it to prayer. That's time to give it to God. You know, for some of us, it's praying for our kids. Oh my gosh, they're on our minds all the time. What's going to happen here and what's going to happen there? Give that to God. What, what about, uh, you know, our parents? What about the people, you know, what, what, what about their choices they're going to make? And what about, give that to God. If it's big enough to stick out, it's big enough to give to him. See, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. And God wants to hear from you about it. See, a lot of times we, we're just like, well, okay, Rich, how, how do we pray? You know, how should we pray? You know, when, when I was younger and stuff, I, I remember going out with friends and we had like a deal, you know, if, if, if we're at a restaurant and it's under $5, you don't have to pray for it. You know, it's like, okay, that, that, that you don't have to pray for it. But if, it, if it's $5.95, you better pray for it, all right? And you better pray loud for it, all right? So, so, so you, you, you have to figure out, you know, hey, is it okay to pray for it? Is it not okay to pray for it? You know, and then you meet those people that are just so good at prayer too, right? You know, I mean, you'll just say, hey, uh, could, could you pray for my family? We're going on a trip. And they say, oh, yeah, Father God. And they start speaking in King James English and stuff. And they're saying, thy saith thou, you know. And they're saying all these things. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. I have no idea what they just said. But they just tossed out all this stuff. And it's like, man, they have like a degree in prayer. And, 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 and I'm thinking, wow, how do they do that? What does that look like? But when we take the scripture for what it says, here's what it says. It says, tell God what you need. And in the Greek, what that means is let your needs be known. Let God know your needs. Here, here's number four, is God wants you to share your need. God wants you to share your needs with him. See, when my kids need to tell me something, when they want me to in, engage in their life, when they need something from me, they don't say, thou sayest 
dad, father, you know, come here. And, and, and no, what, what they do, they're, they're all different. So Tabby, she's in college. Uh, she just sends me texts all the time. She just sends me texts. Dad, how are you? Hope you're having a good day. I'm praying for you. Uh, a, a couple months ago, she, she sent me one and said, Dad, I, I put 25 bucks in your Venmo account so you can take mom out to do something. And you get those things and you're like, oh, that's cool. But what's funny is whenever she responds to me, I want to know more about what's going on with her. How are you doing? How are you doing? Tab doesn't respond back always. She doesn't, but, but she's responding to me. But, but I'm saying, what about you, Tabitha? What about today in college? What about at work? What about in your relationships? What about, and, and, then, and then she'll send me one back the next day. Dad, how are you doing? You know, but, but I'm waiting for her to tell me what's going on. I'm waiting for her to say, Dad, I need something. This is what's going on in my life. What, what about Priscilla, my middleist? Now, Priscilla got in an accident this week. It wasn't her fault at all. She's driving to school. She's a solid dad. Everything was locked up on, on Friday. And, and as she's at a stoplight, she's sitting in the car, and uh, she, she looks in her rearview mirror, and she has nowhere to go because cars are all around her, but there's a car flying behind her and it's a big truck and this truck ends up just going bam right into her man the muffler probably at least two feet just shoved back into the car I mean it's 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 totaled the the truck was totaled and um you know, you, you, you worry about those things, and she calls, and, and then it's like, oh, man, we have to go to, to the police, and, and we have to call the insurance and get all those things going. So pray for Priscilla. But, but what's cool about Priscilla is when she needs something from me and she wants to talk to me, she really is more of an attorney. So she has a case laid out, and she's like, Dad, you know, you said this, right? So if you said this, it means this. It only common sense would say this. And once she starts going, I just pull out my wallet and just say, here you go. No, she wishes, but, but she wishes that would happen. But, but she's very, very succinct with what she needs. If she's feeling something, if it's, it's dad, this is what's going on. This is what I need. Very, very clear to the point about those things. Well, with Bella Grace, totally different. Now, Bella Grace, my little 10-year-old, she's been in plays all week, and, and uh, uh, she's in two different performances, and it's so funny that, that I pick her up at 6 o'clock at night, and, and uh, she gets in the car, and I, I can probably say, hey, kid, and then the rest of the road, man, blah, 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 blah. I mean, she's telling me about everything. She's sharing about everything. Uh, I love that little girl. She won't stop. She just keeps going and she's sharing about this and so-and-so's like this and blah, you know, and, and, then, and then if she's not telling me that way, then, then what, what she's doing is she's texting me because, of course, every 10-year-old should have a phone. So she's letting me, Dad, Dad, you remember this? Dad, you know what's going on? And so she's sending it to me. She's shouting it in the car. Dad, we need this. Dad, we got to stop here. You know, she's singing it. Dad, we. Dad, you like it when I do it as opera? We. You know, and, and, and so she's doing everything. She's dancing everything she can think of to make sure that I get the information. Well, that's the same way it is with us, with God. With us, when we pray, you can ask it, you can sing it, you can sigh it, you can shout it. 
You know, for some of us, we, we, we're, we're kind of afraid. You know, I don't want to be too excitable as I'm talking to God. You know, I got to make sure that I don't come across angry or something that I learned as a dad is respect is great. You want respect, and, and that's what every man wants. But, but respect, when I realize that my kid's in pain and they act out, it's like they're in pain. There's a problem that's going on. I'm not going to worry about the respect right now. I'm going to worry about the pain issue. Guys, that's how God is. When you're dealing with things and you're like, it is absolutely out of control right now. God says, no problem. No problem. But yeah, yeah that's, uh, you, you're, you're having a really hard time. Let's go right to the pain. Let's deal with that. God can handle it. God loves to hear from you. He wants to hear you say what's going on. He wants you, because there's a healing process. When I just say, I don't need to share what's going on, I haven't fully went through the process. But now when I say it out loud to God, everything changes. Now I've expressed it. God, I really am afraid of this. God, I really am frustrated about what's going on. God, this thing that would be so embarrassing to share to anyone else, here it is, God. And, and God's like, that's exactly what I need from you because that's what brings healing to your life as you express that. See, when you're feeling emotional, when you're feeling fatigued, when you're feeling frustrated, it's a sign. It's that light flashing up. It's time to go to God. It's time to give those things to God. It's a warning. It's an alert. Guys, I, I love how Peter writes. So it, turn, turn in your Bible. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. And, and he says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, that's, that's the enemy right now, the, the devil. Why does the devil go after us? Because he feels threatened. That's why he attacks. He feels threatened threatened. If you're actually living your life for God, if you say, God, I'm, I'm serious. God, I want you to flow through my life. God, I want to be your hands extended. God, I want the words that come out of my mouth to be life-changing from you. The enemy is totally, whoa, we've got to do everything we can to shut this down. We've got to do everything we can to keep them from being that light the way that God has designed them to be. I ended up thinking this week, and I, I thought, well, you know, if you're in a trap, so for some of us, we're in a trap because we don't have a relationship with God. We are separated from God. For others of us, instead of being close to God, we're very distracted, and so we're in a trap. Even though that you're a believer and a follower of Christ, you're completely ineffective because you're not doing anything. You're not in Christ. You're, 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 you're turned. You're moving in your own way. When you're in that trap, the devil looks and he's like, cool, I don't need to smack them on the head. They're, they're going to die anyway. They're going to face the consequences of what they're doing. A lot of times we think because bad things are happening and challenges are happening in our life, oh no, I must be doing something wrong. 
I want to challenge you that some of the times when there's no obstacles in your life, it's because you're already in a trap. You're already dealing with choices and decisions that you've made yourself. The enemy just says, forget it. I don't even need to deal with that. I'm going to deal with the people that are making a difference. And I love C.S. Lewis when you read some of his writings and, and uh, in the screw tape letters, you know, he talks about war and he says, hey, well, little war's good, too much war's not good. And he starts to explain these things and, and, and it's really interesting because the enemy has a scheme and all he wants to do is kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants to take you. And so you allowing Christ to flow through your life. When you say, wait a second, this is what I want to do right now, and I'm going to choose to allow God to do what he wants to do. So I want to do this, because this would be great. And God says, no, I really want you to deal with this situation with someone else. I really want you to help with this person physically, emotionally, and spiritually. When that happens, the kingdom of darkness Man, they've, they've got you as, as the most wanted. They know, wait a second, if that light shines through, that is going to affect souls that are trapped right now. And so, so how do we do it when we're dealing with frustration and we're dealing with anxiety? How do we not get caught in those traps? It's prayer. It really is. It's taking time. What I've realized is I have to take time in the morning. When I'm feeling anxious and frustrated, I have to go to God and I have to express the things that I'm anxious and frustrated on. For some of us, it's, 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 it's this morning. It's grabbing my laptop, and before I do anything else, it's sharing the things that I'm frustrated about, the things that I'm dealing with, the things that are out of my control. With, with, with Priscilla's accident, I mean, uh, my beautiful girl's with me at church right now, but am I in control of what might be going on in her body after that accident? No way. Am I in control of what the insurance people are going to do? No way. Am I, you know, and on and on and on. There's these situations that I can't be in control control over. And so it's easy to feel depleted, to feel hopeless, to feel sinking in those times. But those are the times that you need to take. And you have to say, wait a second, I'm going to battle today. These are the things that I'm dealing with. I need to prepare myself. I need to move in that way. So this is what it says in, in uh, 1 Peter 5 verse 6. It says, that, so humble yourself under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up and honor you. We need to humble ourselves. See, worry keeps us from what God has for us. So the fifth thing is this. God wants you to be humble. God wants you to be humble. And humble is not thinking less of yourself. Oh, I'm a worm. I'm worthless. I'm no good. I'm trash. Nothing good's about me. No, 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 no. Humility is thinking of yourself less. See, if you're a humble person, you understand exactly who you are and what God's called you to do. You understand that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You understand that you have value and meaning to this life, but you realize this life is not about me. My life is about serving others. Christ came not to be served, but to serve others and to lay his life down for sacrifice. That's exactly what it is for us. And so what I want you to know is that what pride does in our lives, when we're not humble, pride 
puffs us up. Pride makes us look bigger and better than we are. You know, I'm just so glad that, that I've been married to the same lady and I'm going to die with the same lady. And because and, and, I, I don't think I could handle this whole dating thing. When I watch guys like in their 40s and 50s, you know, and they're, they're always checking to find, you know, someone that'll go out with them, you know. And then when they meet them, then they're sucking everything in, you know, and they're trying to stand like this, you know. And it's like, man, you're going to hurt yourself doing that stuff. And so, so what are they doing? They're trying to puff themselves up. They're trying to look better. You know, when you talk to him it's like oh I'm so great and I'm so wonderful I'm Muhammad Ali you know and they're shouting out all this stuff and it puffs up and what I want you to know you know what that is that's inflammation that's inflammation and as I was reading okay in in the medical world what's inflammation inflammation is death They've, they've been discovering now that cellular inflammation is considered the silent killer connected to chronic diseases. So, so to Alzheimer's, heart attacks, colon cancer, uh, those are all things that they're relating to inflammation. Cardiologists, rheumatologists, oncologists, allergists, and, and uh, neurologists, they're all discovering the same thing. They realize that when something in your body gets inflated, it, 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 it starts to puff up that that's a very dangerous, dangerous thing, and that it becomes deadly. Guys, think about this. Inflammation in our bodies, in our minds, and in our spirit is deadly. It puffs up. It makes us think of something that we're truly not. See, God has called you to be you. And when you try to be anything else than that, that's inflammation. That starts to puff up. I'm trying to be something else. Guys, think about Peter. Okay, so we, we just heard these great words of Peter. And then you think about with Peter, with Jesus. He gets out of the boat. Peter is the only one that gets out of the boat, right? Remember, he gets out of the boat. He's going over to Jesus. And then he sees the winds. And, 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 and he, he's feeling it, just that pressure of going on, on him, that, that wind. And, then, and, and he's looking at the waves. And then he starts to sink. And then what happens at that point? He takes his hand and he puts it out. And Christ grabs his hand and pulls him up. See, a lot of times we say, oh, the problem is he was sinking. The problem is the wind. The problem is the waves. No, no, that's just a signal. That's just a reminder. That's a warning of what's going on. The real issue isn't the winds. It's really not the waves. It's how close you are to Jesus. How close are you to Jesus? When the winds and, and waves and everything starts to take over in your life and you got worry and you got frustration and anxiety and you're going through the roof because there, there's nothing that you can control anymore, how close are you to Jesus and his hand? Because the worst place to be is, is trying to control it all, trying to stand better, trying not to look at the waves, trying not to feel the wind. I don't feel the wind. I don't feel the wind. You know, and, and trying to do that instead of realizing it's all about his hand. That's what I should be most concerned about. See, the wind and the waves, they're just a signal. Your frustration, your anxiety, it's just a signal. 
So what, what's the cycle of anxiety? Write this down. It's, it's, it's not in your study guide, but, but I think it's really important. How do I get in that, that anxious cycle? How does that take place? It starts out, you, 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 you're feeling worried. You're feeling concerned about things that are around you. And what you do, you, you try to take control of those things. The more that we try to control, the more we become afraid of losing control. Isn't that how that cycle keeps going? I've got to control this thing. And now that I'm trying to control it, I realize that I can't control it. And now so I'm so anxious, I keep trying to control it. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And the cycle keeps going. The more I try to control, the more anxious I become. And what happens is that we break the cycle. See, you don't have... You know, many times in life, you will not have control over your situation. You won't have power over what takes place, over what people around you do. You don't have control over that, but you always have power to surrender. You always have power to surrender. I can't control the waves. I can't control that my body's sinking. But I can finally just surrender and say, God, here, Here's my life. Here's my hands. You take it all. And he can pull us up at that point. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor, give you all of your worries and cares to God. When when it says that, I love a a few other translations use, use that word cast cast your worries, cast your anxieties. You know, when you see a great fisherman, they make it look really easy, right? And, 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 and they cast, and it's like, wow, so smooth and so far out and so in the right area. That's what it's saying to do with our worries, to, to, to surrender and say, God, it's yours to release them. But if you're at all like me, is I release them and I say, God, they're totally yours. I want nothing to do with it. Until now. And now I've got to figure this thing out. And now I've got to straighten that out. Guys, I want you to know is that God says, give it to me because he knows he's the one that can take care of it. He knows that we can't do it on our own. So the last point, number six, is this. God wants you to break the anxiety cycle. God wants you to break the anxiety cycle. It's your choice. It's your decision of what you choose to do in this. You can live in the trap of anxiety. You can live in the fear of what's going on in your world, or you can release it. And, and how do we do it? I've talked some. I want to show you this video right now about prayer. What is prayer? Stale tradition, ritual, a good luck charm, part of some religious checklist, done to appease a higher being so we can get what we want, or at least avoid the lightning bolt. Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused, but at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God the God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him in the vastness of all that exists. He actually cares about us 
personally, individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God? Wherever we are, how can we not thank Him for what He's done? Or cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from? Why would we live a life apart from Him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? It's simple obedience. God has made himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in him, to acknowledge our dependence on him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. Approaching with confidence, because Christ has torn away the veil. He's washed away the sin that kept us from his presence. And we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer. just a place that that we hear things and then we just walk away oh that was nice oh, that was good information okay now I'm just moving on with my life but it's really about doing business and this week as I was praying and and putting things together and looking at scripture and trying to to, to put things together I, I realized more and more and more about needing to go to my knees and how God was like rich you need me more than ever and, and I realized I can't just say that and say, okay, guys, see you later. Have a good week. But I want to give you an opportunity to do business. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what God's doing. So normally I do a prayer and I'll do a prayer later. But, but what I want you to do, I want you to take those things to break that cycle. So what are those things that you're holding on to? Are they financial things that are going through your mind and that, that cycle keeps going on and on? You're trying to control that. Are they family things? Are you anxious about the future? What about the job? How is that going to turn out? And what's going to happen here? What about your children? What about your aging parents? What about health? Guys, I want you to know all of those things. Don't let that be your monster in your life. That's a signal. That's a signal to go to prayer. That's a signal to go to God. How do you pray? You pray however you communicate to God. We're going to worship and we're going to give this song and, and, and I want you to really soak in the words. If, if, if you want to bend to your knee and pray, if you want to lift your hands, whatever it is for you to give, I don't want you to leave and be like, I'll do that later. I, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll deal with that later. Right now, now is the time. When I say Jesus, the very mention shatters the darkness. When you call out to Jesus, Jesus takes it all on. He calms my soul. When I say Jesus, even a whisper breaks through my doubting till all my fears are gone. 